This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Wrap Up Live. This is the trade deadline special. Should get a little little banner up trade deadline special. Um, where I'm Oren Weisfeld. I'm joined by Kian Haddad right now, and we're gonna be breaking down everything the Raptors do at this trade deadline. And we're gonna have Aiden's gonna come on shortly. Sahal will be on around 3 p.m. And we're also gonna have a bunch of other guests from the Raptors Republic community. Uh, join us throughout the next couple hours. We should be here till about 4 p.m. to just talk about what the Raptors do. And yeah, so it should be a fun couple hours. Again, there's going to be special guests on. There's going to be the other hosts on. And we're just going to be offering our opinions on what the Raptors have done. And, and I'm sure we'll also sprinkle in some other NBA talk uh, here and there. But we're obviously going to start off with the big one. And I'm not talking about Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> the big one the big uh the big austrian i don't know what what let's let me let me look basketball reference um in terms of jacob jacob Pertle um nicknames all all basketball reference has is jake puddle which is a horrible nickname and i i don't think anyone <laughs> actually calls him that um mm-hmm. but yeah Actually, before we get into this, I'm just going to quickly tweet out the link uh, that you tweeted and uh, get some people to yeah, share the show. If you're watching right now, much appreciated if you share the show on Twitter or wherever else so that we can get more people on here. Um, but we got two hours, so no no real rush. I'm just going to get this, get this jumbo shit, jumbotron shit popping. Here we go. Um... Okay, Raptors acquire Jakob Pertl from the San Antonio Spurs. They love doing business with the Spurs. Um, and the Raptors trade 2024 first-round picks, so next year's first-round pick, and then two second-round picks, and Ken Birch, who is making $7 million next year, so that was a contract they probably wanted to get off of. In terms of the protections, um, the second round picks are this year's and 2025. Those could be good second round picks. And then the first round pick is top six protected next year. And it's top six protected in 2025 and 2026. We don't know what happens after that. But basically, um, the Spurs, the only way the Spurs will not get it is if the Raptors are in the top six of the lottery next year or the year after that. Um, so we can talk more about the protections later. That's nerdy, but Keon, what, what are your initial uh, thoughts about this trade? Um, for me, it's hard to have a real opinion on this trade until we really see what the Raptors do for the next 56 minutes. 
But if I look at this trade by itself, I don't – it's hard for me to find something to be excited about. Like, obviously, on the court, it's going to be a nice fit. Jakob, we've seen Jakob. It's nice to have him back. And there's obviously a need at center for this team. But a first-round pick next year, you're banking on this team bouncing back next year. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, it's interesting to see. Again, if the team sells – or trades OG, depends what they get back for any players they trade, then I'll look at it at this trade from a different standpoint to see what they're really trying to do. But right now, if this is the only trade they make, it seems like they're struggling to find a direction. Yeah, if this is the only trade, that's the problem we have in breaking down this trade before 3 p.m. and before the Raptors mm-hmm. are done dealing. Uh, if this is the only trade they make, I agree with you. It's a little bit confusing for the Raptors to be buyers. Um, I'll say this though, the, the idea of buying and selling, and this is what I'm going to write about tomorrow. Like it's changed a lot because players now are not going into free agency anymore. They're signing contract extensions and they're basically asking for trades and the trade market has become basically your way to do early free agency and to do, to, to help your team get better next year. Like I was of the opinion that this team should sell and try to get a good pick this year. The Raptors clearly don't feel this way, but at the same time, I don't hate the idea of trying to get a center long-term. Like now, Pirtle, you're almost for sure going to re-sign him. And now the Raptors at least have a center going into next season. I I feel a lot more comfortable with their center rotation going into next season with Pirtle and then um, Precious playing the backup five. And then also I'm sure he'll get some minutes at the four. And you're pretty happy. Like, that is a very decent center rotation. I think Pirtle will help the starting lineup. Uh, He just does a lot of the things Precious does a lot better in terms of set screens, dribble handoffs, make passes from the post, and and that kind of stuff. So I like the fit. I guess my concern before we go, just just in terms of the on-court fit, my concern is shooting, right? It's like, if you... An ideal center would be a guy who could shoot threes. And Pirtle doesn't only not shoot threes. He doesn't. He can't shoot free throws. He's not a mid-range shooter. So mm-hmm. are you concerned about the spacing um, in the in the first unit? Or do you think that it'll look a lot similar to the way it does with Precious, who does take threes occasionally, but isn't really known as a three-point shooter? It depends what lineup, lineup you're throwing out there to start and to finish games. Because now you have a guy who you're most likely going to start in Fertile, and that means someone has to go down. If you're moving Gary Trent down to the bench, which seems to be the favorite to move down to the bench if he stays or no one else gets traded, then, yeah, I'm a bit concerned because that's your best three-point shooter out. And But at the end of the day, Fertile, I think, brings just a lot to the game that we haven't seen from a Raptor center in since 2020. And it's exciting to see something like that. He's a good rebounder, great screen setter. He's a good defender. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do. And I'm not necessarily worried about the shooting until, like, unless we see what happens. It's one of those things I can't really – I need to know what happens next to really have any thoughts on it. And I know that's a lame answer. But at this point, I would say I'm not worried about the shooting fit just yet 
Yeah, I would agree. I, I think it's not an ideal fit. Like a Miles Turner would probably be a cleaner fit. Yeah. But the price they paid, and I know Raptors fans are freaking out. We can get more into the price. Like, I think the reason Raptors fans are freaking out about the price is because the Raptors have been so bad this year. And so it looks like they should pretty obviously be sellers. However, it wasn't a crazy price. Like, objectively, they traded one first and a couple seconds for Pirtle. That yeah. is not a crazy price to pay for a 27-year-old entering his prime who you're very confident you can re-sign because of the past relationships you have with him. So, again, we'll get into the price more later, but let's keep talking about the encore fit. Like, these are... Per- Sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, I thought that was like a trade horn. No, like, no, that was my chair. <laughs> like, bah, 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 bah. OG got traded. Oh, no, I'll do that when there's a trade. All right, I appreciate it. Just move your <laughs> chair the exact same way. So yeah, th- this is Pirtle's. These are some of Pirtle's numbers on on cleaning the glass. Usage is at a all time high this year. I think assist percentage is the most interesting one to me. He's in the 90th percentile for bigs with his assist percentage now. And assist to usage really high. I was thinking about last deadline. I wrote a piece when they traded for Thad Young. It was called the Raptors double down on size and playmaking with Thad Young edition. And I could write the same piece. Like the Raptors just triple down on size and playmaking with the Pirtle edition. So they are very clearly into, they have a type and they, they, they are not, they haven't given up about the idea clearly about kind of like size, wingspan, playmaking, value mm-hmm. is things overshooting, um, which I think is at least interesting. Now, again, with the on-court fit, did you watch the game last night? E- most of it, yes. I wasn't there for the end of it. Yeah, so I guess what Pirtle do you think we're getting? Because his rim protection numbers are down this year. Uh, pretty drastically compared to the last couple of years and offensively he, he he doesn't look to score that much so the the stats aren't popping off the screen but do you think we're getting a Pirtle who 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 we've kind of seen in the last couple of years in San Antonio or do you think this the the way Pirtle played last night which wasn't good do you think that is kind of the Pirtle we're gonna get in Toronto I think we're gonna get a more ignited purtle i feel it's very difficult especially this season to really like like to assess any player on the spurs because they're just such a bad team on paper that like purtle might be their best best or second best player and that's just not how a team should be run he it's obviously hard for him to really give effort day in day out on the court when you're playing for such a bad team, I feel like in Toronto, he's going to be ignited. He's going to be fueled again to, to play hard and do what we've seen him do be so successful in, in the past chasing for a playoff spot, which seems like that's what they're going to try to do this season. Uh, being back home with some of his <laughs> being back uh, where it all started with some of his best friends, like Pascal. I feel like there's no shot that we see the Yaka Pirtle that we saw yesterday. I think we see the Pirtle that we've seen in the first, his first few years with the Spurs where he was giving him a real um, force in the paint. Yeah, I agree. I was at the game last night, and like just to have some level of objectivity and not sound like a Raptor stand, I did say that I would not trade future picks for Pirtle because I didn't really think the Raptors were in a great position to do that. However, 
he was going through the motions yesterday in just a real obvious way. Like he was not giving it a hundred percent. He never looked at the basket to score. It felt mm-hmm. like pop and the Spurs had kind of given the directive of like, you're here to help these young guys flourish, set screens, make plays. But, but like, we don't really want you scoring. We don't really want you um, taking over games in that way. And, and defensively, again, it looked like he was going through the motions. So, I'm kind of optimistic in terms of like what Pirtle can do long term. He's 27 years old, so he's ju- kind of just entering his peak of his career. So I like that too. Like I, I like the fact that mm-hmm. you didn't trade for a guy who's 30 or something. Like he he could still theoretically get better. I mean, Fred and and Pascal are the same age group, and they're still getting better. So it will be interesting to see how the dynamic changes from going to the Spurs where he's kind of been the same player the last few years to a team in the Raptors who have a very different developmental system and also a different, they're going to ask less of him for sure. Right? Like he just needs to clean up plays, rebound, set screens, but he doesn't need to be that like the, the ball isn't going to run through him nearly as much as it did in San Antonio. And I think that could benefit Pirtle in terms of taking advantage of, of the little uh, the little moments. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about the price? Uh, top six protected first round pick next year, two seconds. Um, especially given that some of the prices we're seeing, five, for, mm-hmm. five second round picks for Jay Crowder, five second round picks for Sadiq Bay. Yeah, what, what do you think about the price the Raptors play, paid? When I first saw the trade, I was kind of surprised we didn't have to give up Banton and we didn't have to give up a second first because that's what that was what was the big deal that was holding up this trade in the past with that second first and initially that one first and two seconds it sounded all right and none of the young players from the rotation it sounded all right the more I look at it that top six protected next year that could easily be top that could easily be seven through ten I don't like it I think the way the dire- the direction of this team is going, I don't think we're in the position to be giving up first round picks that are top six protected. If it's lottery protected, it's a different story. But the way this team has been trending, it just doesn't seem to me like a reasonable move to make, especially getting rid of more draft capital when you should try to be getting younger. Personally, when you're getting Pirtle, who's 27 years old, by no means is he as even he might be just getting into his prime. But I feel like there's more you could have done. I, I personally don't like it. and But we have to see what they do until 3 p.m. It's not a move I like from the start. But I, I'm interested to see what you think. Yeah, there's a lot to break down here, like you just said. We need to see what they do because if they make another deal where they bring back three first-round picks, for example, exactly. I don't mind this nearly as much because – you can't draft that many guys where the Raptors are at right now. Like they're trying to, they're clearly, okay, that's a, that's a different point, but yeah, you just can't draft that many young players to this organization and expect to actually use all that draft picks. If they make a subsequent deal, like at a certain point you need to start trading picks for players. And so if they do that, I won't mind the price nearly as much. In terms of the risk, it's a huge risk. Like you just said, if this ends up being the eighth pick, the ninth pick in next year's draft, that's just not a good price to play, pay for Jakob Pertl. Like, objectively, that's too much to give away. But 
But we have to obviously analyze this trade now. It's not really fair because anything could happen. The Raptors could be the, the two seed next season and give the 27th pick in the draft. And then everyone's going to be laughing. And like that's just the n- nature of the NBA. We react to stuff really quickly. Um, we don't give it time to actually breathe and see what happens. So would it shock me if the Raptors are good, a top four seed next season, and they give a pretty crappy pick to the Spurs? No, it wouldn't shock me. Um, so so that's it's kind of something we have to wait for. But yeah, for me, I'm in agreement with you. First view, it's a risky pick to give, given how the season has gone so far for the Raptors, given how bad they've looked at times, given how bad the fit has looked at times. And it's a huge bet on their core. And so that's what I want to get into now. Like, regardless of what happens at the trade deadline, if OG gets traded, if Fred gets traded, like, what this deal signifies very clearly is that they're building on Pascal's timeline. They like you don't you don't trade for Jakob Pertl and then trade Pascal. You just don't do that. Um, they're trying to build around Pascal's timeline. This Pertl's a good fit with Pascal, um, and giving away a 2024 pick shows me that they're kind of done bringing in young guys into this organization in terms of like they don't want to go the rebuild route that a lot of fans want to go. They don't want six 18-year-olds in the building and Fred and, and Pascal yelling at them every day. You know, like, I, I'm I'm definitely relieved they didn't give away this year's pick. That would have been a disaster. They, they could still have a really good pick this year, but it shows to me that after this year's pick, they're not exactly enthused about bringing in a ton more young guys. And I think mm-hmm. me me selfishly, I'm happy that they have very clearly showed the fan base that we are building on the older timeline rather than the the younger one. Like we're building on Pascal and Fred's timeline rather than Barnes's timeline with this pick. Aiden, welcome to the show. Uh, give us Thank your you. initial reactions to the Pertle trade. How is Keon? Keon, where's your cave, man? I'm not used to seeing you in such bright lights. No, I got him a private we- room. No, it's oh, great. Geez. We got them all dressed up for the big show. Okay, Yaka <laughs> Pertle trade. I'm ready. Um, I, I, I feel like I've like traveled this wayward road, this long journey of like refusing to acquire a center, and here I am defending the acquisition uh, of a center. Um, sorry, one sec. And I think it's a reasonable acquisition. Like I, I think the overreaction about the first round pick is is an overreaction. You know, um, like you said, the Raptors are here to win. They're building around Pascal. Scotty and Pascal are the core moving forward, and you want to put them in the best foot forward, and that's that's bringing in a, a defensive minded center who's not going to reco- get whiny about not getting the ball. They're going to. They're he's a good passer. He's a good finisher at the rim. Like he's all of those things you need. We're hopefully going to sign him to a reasonable um, contract in the off season. And I just think that like next year we're going to be competitive. The East might be a little less competitive, who knows, but Brooklyn's certainly not going to be there anymore anytime soon. And that, that picks probably in the late twenties anyway. So uh, I'm more optimistic than I think what I've seen for the most part um, from others. Yeah, I I am too. Uh, We're going to keep talking about Pirtle for a bit. I just want to bring this up, especially for our podcast listeners. Um, 
yeah, Shams has been tweeting about look, the big thing that's still to drop is the OG thing. Um, it just really feels like a trade is coming. Shams just said one team that has uh emerged as a suitor in the last couple of days for OG is the Golden State Warriors. And he he and I just want to say that the Warriors just got five second round picks for a Sadiq Bay um James Wiseman trade. So that could definitely restock the seconds that the Raptors uh wanted to trade. And obviously they have Moses Moody, they have uh Jonathan Kaminga, they have an intriguing package. So uh, we're gonna keep people updated on what the Raptors do with OG or Fred or Gary. Um, but I just wanted to to mention that. Um I'll I'll say I'm with you though, like people are freaking out. <laughs> And it's like you traded one first round pick, like relax. Um, you know, like I get the reasons that it it looks really bad for this bad Raptors team to trade next year's pick. Um, but if they're good next year and, and they're a top five seed or whatever, and you end up giving a couple seconds and the 20th pick in the draft for Pirtle and you sign Pirtle long term to a free fair deal and and every, like there's definitely a world in which this all goes well for the Raptors and the fans who are freaking out right now look silly. So yeah. I'll say that. I also think, you know, a, a small little thing, like I think those fans that are freaking out wanted the destructive path, which we all know yeah. looks beautiful in the abstract and in anticipation, right? It's like that, that it's like taking the known quantity versus the unknown quantity. It's less exciting, but this Raptors team is about winning now. Uh, and a side note to that is that Boston Celtics really wanted Pirtle. And like, you know, so we actually, we take, we take, uh, we take that away from a competitor too, which is a nice little, little side bit. Yeah. But I want I, to ask, I, I, one, one last thing I want to say about people freaking out is that like, I also think like you can't, people are now saying, you know, now we can hate on the executive or like, are they really that great? But we think it's like, we don't know anything. We don't understand all of the, <laughs> the logic, the sequences of logic that have gone into this decision making, right? Like, we don't know what their one year plan is. We don't know what the two year plan is. We don't know what the three year plan is. We don't know what the fuck they're going to do in the next 20 minutes. So, like, I think we're jumping to these conclusions way too quickly. And in the short term, we're competitive now and we can make a run and we should be happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think too, short term. Um, there's a reason Boston was aggressively going after Pirtle, even though they have Horford and Robert Williams and Grant Williams on the roster. And that's because to go through the East, you need to go through Joel Embiid and you need to go through Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Pirtle is just about as good as it gets when it comes to matching up with those guys, forming a wall on those guys, being that second line of defense, or in the case of Embiid, the first line of defense on those guys. Like Pirtle is really going to help you in a series in the next couple of years when you have to match up with those those bigs that the east runs through and you just need multiple of them too it's like it's not fair to say that coloco and and precious could do that job because you need guys to eat fouls yeah you need and i also think about it like the ibaka gasol situation with pertle and um precious precious i think it could turn into something like that where precious yeah. can play the four or the five and the Raptors have shown me that they really care about having two good centers. Not a lot of teams in the league care about that. And, right? and it, 
it alleviates so much pressure on everybody else to have a guy that he's not an at rim protector. He's a rim protector with his body and size. And like, if nurse is going to change the scheme up, which I think he needs to do, you need a defensively sound guy who doesn't foul. He's at, he's at a very low foul rate, uh, Pirtle. And so like, this will have exponential effects on, you know, like Pascal's fatigue and Freddie's fatigue and, like OG's ability to guard guys in isolation more than he could before. So there are like permutations of Pirtle's presence. Um, and if, again, if you're going to be running with Pascal, you need to be beefing up that back line now. Like I'm converted to that when I, when I, there was a time where I wasn't and now I'm there. It does get crowded with Scotty, Pascal and Precious. And I think Boucher actually becomes expendable in this, but but that's an offensive thing that they have to worry about and will hopefully scheme out. I think defensively it looks really nice. Yeah, we talked already, me and Keon, about the fit. Um, again, the spacing is what it is. It's not great, but it's the same spacing they had with Precious, yet a better playmaker, a better screen setter. And the Raptors have the 10th best offense in the league right now. So I don't know if that's exactly the biggest problem. They've, they've made it work without True. spacing somehow. True. I want to talk, Keon, I'm going to ask you first. Like we've we've beaten around this, but again, this trade signifies that the Raptors want to build on this timeline rather than on uh, a down the line timeline. What do you think about that? Like, is that what you would have done? Are you happy building around the Pascal, Fred kind of era, or would you have preferred the the Raptors to use this trade deadline to um, to go younger? I mean, it's exciting that they're going to build to try to win now. That's exciting for everybody involved, for all of us to watch. It's like, it's good to see that they're ready to try to contend. They're not going to use this as an excuse to trade the young or trade OG, trade all the vets and rebuild around Scotty. Cause I feel like there is a, uh, a gray area where you can build around Scotty and still surround him with a winning team and a winning culture and a winning organization. That's what they're trying to do. They're not trying to make it a situation where he's the only player and he's winning 30 games a season. I, I, I like what they're doing, to be honest. And it's something that a lot of people kind of expected, but everyone was thinking trade Freddie and trade OG. But this, just getting into a winning culture is, is exactly what you want for a young player. You don't want them to be uh, carrying teams when they're 19 or 20, 21 and having to just lose games and get higher draft picks because you're seeing how that's worked out for teams like Houston where Jalen Green is just chucking up shots and he's not playing defense and they're allowing 150 points a game. Now you're seeing Scotty. He's learning how to win. He's learning what it takes to win, how what it takes to give effort every day. And you're also winning games for your team. I feel like that's important. And, and just trading everyone and just building around him with more young players, I didn't think that would have been a great idea from the start. And I like – that aspect of the direction of what they're doing. And I, I personally like it. Aiden. Um, repeat the question again. I'm scrolling. Twitter yeah. Just, just this, this trade signifies that they want to give this core a run. They want to build around the older timeline rather than being sellers and going young. So yeah. I think you kind of hit around this answer, but like, what yeah. do you think about that, that idea? I, yeah, I'm just generally against complete teardown rebuilds unless the writing is truly on the wall. And it's like 
the writing can be that it's just not savable, like we saw in Brooklyn or Utah, like where they run it multiple times over, or, you know, injuries or guys are too old. I think we saw last time with Toronto, like I was the biggest hater on the DeRozan Lowry era. I really thought like the the writing had been on the wall for ages and they But and nobody decided. knew because you were in the West Coast. So like yeah. you were screaming into it. And I was voice. silenced. I didn't have a pen to my name, you know? Yeah. Uh, and now everybody knows. Um and then and they waited. They waited, they waited, they waited, and they they punched. And so like I think this is just a like it's one pick. There it's a slow build to amassing a foundation that they're comfortable with to then make the strike. And I think that's might be why we don't see OG get moved. Uh, this deadline is I think like if, if the, he is kind of the strike move, you know, like with all our picks and everything else. So I, I don't know what that's going to be, but I, I'm always like Keon said, like I want, I think Scotty's closer to being an excellent player than he is in his development stage and surrounding him with guys in their prime who are professionals, who know how to win, um, is the better road to go at this point in time. Yeah. I do want to talk about some of the downsides to this deal because I feel like we've been fairly optimistic. And I think there are some potential downsides. None of them are clear-cut and definitive, but there are potential downsides. And I will start with – what did I want to start with? The pick? Mm. Oh no. Okay. This isn't necessarily a downside, but what I was thinking when the trade went down was I wish the Raptors did this deal in the summer or last trade deadline Mm. when they traded for that, because we wouldn't have had to go through what we went through, (laughs) like as a fan base with having no center with Precious's injury. And then really there was no centers and, and all the, and and more so just like the chemistry and continuity that you can build over time with having guys mesh and now they only have like 20 games to do that before the playoffs um it was reported that the pick that the Spurs asking price was a first and a pick swap i know this summer for sure and maybe it was more last trade deadline maybe it was two first round picks and that's a bit too much but like a first and a pick swap compared to a first and two seconds to me that's not a huge change in value. I would have rather just done that deal in the summer if it was there rather than wait until everything has gone so bad this year in large part because you didn't have a starting center and now make the deal. You know what I mean? Like I just think the longer Pirtle would be in the franchise in the building, the better off this team would have been and the, the better the vibes would have been and all that stuff. So I'm just wondering why they didn't maybe put a little tiny bit more in then in order to, to have well, him earlier the, the purtle the big was never i don't think the philosophy or the ideology of this team right like the i think what we've just seen with the with the trade of the first round pick is a capitulation by by executive team that their innovative idea failed like it's a failure of of like this golden idea of six nine guys that are just going to fly around and lock you well, down I don't agree with that because they were reportedly in on Pirtle as far as last trade deadline and this summer. So and and guys like Turner, their name keeps coming up for centers. I think they just didn't find the asking price fair until now. Fair enough. But but I'm like, I think that I don't think it's one or the other. It's a spectrum, right? Like if if they weren't if they weren't down for this approach, then I think they probably would have 
you know, paid the asking price. But I think they were willing to kind of like experiment and wait till that price lowered um, to see what happens, right? Like I think come yeah. the deadline, like I'd be curious to know, you know, if we were fifth in the in the East right now, would we have made this trade or would we have gone for something else? I don't know. Like it would be kind of interesting to see, but um, I think the I think that's the reason why they didn't make the trade in the offseason is they wanted to see where Precious was at and Scotty was at coming into this year. Um, that's my best guess anyway. Yeah, Keon, I don't know if you have anything to say on that, but the other kind of downside I wonder about is Precious's minutes. He's obviously going to the bench, which is fair. Um, but do you think there's going to be enough minutes for him, Coloco? This is what I want to ask Bobby or Masai today. Like, what is the long-term plan for for Precious and Coloco? But yeah, do you worry especially about Precious's minutes and even maybe Coloco's development now that Pirtle's in the building? Um, yeah, that was probably one of the initial thoughts I had because Precious has been playing pretty well and it seems like he's taken a leap since uh, he's been thrust into the lineup. So that was something I found interesting. But as you said earlier, I like the idea of having two capable centers who you can trust and play against in the playoffs, who you can trust, who can play defense, protect the rim. That's exactly what you need to win in the NBA. And you can also throw Precious at the four because he's capable enough on offense to play at the four. So I think you can be flexible with that. My main issue is probably with Coloco, who you just drafted relatively high in the second round. You had some options, ball handling options, where you could have drafted. That's that's kind of what I'm interested about, is what his future looks like. Because I don't see um, anything in the near near future that shows that he can be like, someone the Raptors can play over these guys. Like these are guys that are going to take his minutes. This is like at this rate, he's probably going to be in the G league for maybe until next at the end of next season, maybe the year after, like, I don't know what his role is on this team anymore with all the centers you're bringing in. Now you have Boucher there as well. Yeah. I definitely think this spells G league time for Coloco, like the rest of this season. I think he's probably in there for the majority of games playing heavy minutes, which I don't think is a bad thing because of where Coloco is right now. He's not really an NBA player or he's one in spurts, but he's not a backup five you can rely on. So I think that's fine this year. But like by next season, I I was kind of hoping Coloco would be ready for that backup job by next season. And now I just don't see how the minutes are going to be there for him. Uh, by next season so well, maybe nurse will get creative and play all three centers um, well I, th- I think precious and coloco can be four five as well yeah what about precious and uh Pirtle? do you think they can play together yeah i think so like you said there, i think there are going to be lineups where you can have the two of them i mean it really depends on how comfortable scotty is in that kind of like forward forward guard hybrid role it's definitely crowded. It, they don't have it worked out yet. I think Coloco will be fine just like developing in the G League for a good strong year. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right. If you guys are all purdled out, here's what I'm thinking. I'll bring a guest in now, get their thoughts on purdle, and then let's, we can let's update talk about on the trades. NBA. Well, yeah. Let, let's okay, update just now. Yeah, let's update now, then do guests on purdle so we're like current, you know? 
I know, but I was just thinking if we update, we're going to want to talk about stuff like the KD trade and stuff like that. So, well, bring the guests in and we can talk. About, well, no, I think we should talk okay. about like current, like stuff happening right now. And then, okay, well, we can do post mortem on the other stuff. Okay. We want to, you want to do a rundown? <laughs> should we take this offline? <laughs> no, do you want to do a rundown of what has happened? Do you have oh it already? Oh, God. I, uh, yeah, there's, there's so much going on. Mobamba just got I traded. think, okay. I've been kind of running things through the the paradigm of the Raptors, right? So Memphis has acquired Luke Kennard from the Clippers. Um, mm-hmm. The Pelicans have acquired Josh Richardson from the Spurs. And the Clippers have acquired Eric Gordon from the Rockets and Bones Highland from Denver. So all three teams, the Clippers, the Pelicans, and the Grizzlies, were OG, Fred Van Vliet, potential destinations. The Blazers and, also acquired Matisse Tybel. That's right. And but so they got rid of Josh Hart. And so I think, and with the Knicks acquiring Josh Hart as well, you, we're seeing like a domino effect here of, of Raptor suitors just kind of like, you know, calling it a day and taking the next best option. Um, so that's kind of Warriors. interesting. And there's still yeah, the Warriors. But the- there might be the reason they did that is because, yeah, like a team has made an offer that is bigger than anything they're willing to go. And so this is their second option after OG. You know, like I'm not sure That's this means that OG's market is down or anything. Yeah. I, oh, I no. just... Yeah. I don't know what the market is, but I'm saying the number of suitors is starting to get eliminated. For sure. What would, For you, sure. What would you want from the Warriors if that's if that's the destination? That's a great question. Um, I love Kaminga. Me too. I think he has to be in the deal. He has to be in it. Yeah, because Moody doesn't move me. Wiseman didn't move me. And now he's gone. But I would have been pretty mad if Wiseman was a centerpiece. Um, and like, or Poole. I would love Jordan so, Poole, but I don't think that's happening. I don't think I they think, would do that. I yeah. What about so the, Wiggins? What do you guys think about Wiggins? Well, what I was going to say that. Because One of the problems like, is salary. So if yeah. you do Kaminga, you're kind of and Wiseman, I think, would have been and I don't know what his salary is if it was enough, but it would have got you close. So then you're kind of limiting yourself to Poole or Wiggins, which I don't think, especially with Curry being out for at least a month, I don't think the Warriors are interested in giving up one of their core players. Would you see Wiggins and Kaminga and picks? No Moody? What would you think of that? I mean, I'm Wiggins, Kaminga, and picks. I'm taking it. Oh, of course. Wiggins and OG are already like pretty similar players right now. So I don't think that's yeah. really a fair deal. I think they're going to try to keep Wiggins, would be my guess, and do yeah. a deal around the mm-hmm. young players and picks. But, they, but I don't know what the money is, though. That's the problem. Let's let's do let me let me pull up trade. I pool crossed <laughs> my mind as well. Like if they're really out on pool. But then their their shot creation just like tanks without Curry in the lineup. Um, All right, here here we look. So OG he's at seventeen million. Um, so Wiggins is too Kuminga much. Anyway. is five. Moody so you, is three. You could do Divincenzo. Hmm. It's tough. It is tough. Yeah, and, it's really tough. Jerome? What, what about Looney? They're not trading Looney. They're not trading Looney, and we don't need Looney. We just traded for Pirtle. I think, okay, here's <laughs> a more the, realistic for the package. Money. 
wouldn't the wouldn't the realistic package have to be Wiggins OG and then you have to put like that in there and then it's still Kaminga, it's still not see. enough. It'd be, no, you know what it would be is if you're trading Wiggins, you're trading Boucher and OG. Oh Boucher. Okay, let me take that out. Let's see if that works. And then we get oh, Kaminga. Well, that one's pretty close. There we've all we've almost got uh, one to work. So the Raptors would just need to give like a Sorry, Malachi. Sorry for what auto. I did to you. Send Auto home. I'm so sorry, Malachi. All right, that's just that's just an example to show that yeah, it does make more sense around the Wiggins salary than just the young player salary. Yeah, because it's really hard to construct deals too that are like OG one player for like six young guys because then you have to waive guys. Um, there's just not roster spots stuff like that. So yeah, OG. All right, what do you guys think about Kevin Durant? Let's talk about that. There's no guests coming right now, so let's talk about Kevin Durant. Uh, hold on. We got another trade. Mason Plumlee is going to the Clippers for Reggie Jackson. Are the Raptors really going to hold hold still here? Like, yeah. I'm getting nervous. I'm not getting nervous. I mean, why? Like, I guess that's a better question. Let's let's wait on KD till after because we've got 20 minutes left. Like, is it? No, but are, we don't really. Are you it's ready to go for, till like three thirty? Are you ready for for the Raptors to do something? That's where you're at. Yeah, I think they need a shakeup. I really do, and I I think also it's like you just brought in another non shooter. I think they need more shooting, and that's why it makes sense for me to trade a guy like OG for a couple shooters. Just having four shooters on this roster would be a lot better than three. Mm-hmm. Um. So I worry about the shooting. If this is the roster they bring back into the second half of the season, I know I said the offense has been fine, but that's largely because they, they get more possessions, offensive rebounds, stuff like that. In a playoff setting, you need shooting, and you need you need to execute in the half court on the first possession. You just can't rely on stuff like rebounds and turnovers as much. So I, I, I think they need a shakeup for a whole lot of reasons. And also just like, yeah, what is OG's role in the next couple of years if they keep him? I don't really see how he gets a bigger role. If anything, it would feel like it's going to go smaller with Pirtle and Scotty's ascension and all that stuff. So um, I think, yeah, I'm, I think they need to shake up the roster. I wouldn't really be happy if they bring back the same team. I, especially because well, their why, value is never going to be higher as sellers. That's why I like the New Orleans offer, personally. Because you're bringing it, you'd probably bring, be bringing in Trey Murphy, who I like a lot, and he's a shooter. And you're probably bringing in Herb Jones or, or Dyson. I don't know. You're not really getting many shooters back in this deal with the Warriors, if they even happens. Um, but I feel like I agree. There, ha- I think you have to shake this up. I don't know how you can just keep everybody after the season has been, but uh, we'll, I, we'll see. I disagree with the value piece. I think like. You could sign and trade Gary or Freddie in in the off season, and there could still be like a pretty good amount of value for either of them. Yes, that's true, but just probably not as much value as now. And I don't know; it feels like a lot of pressure on Pirtle to revive the ba- the the vibes of the team <laughs> on his own. Like so much has gone wrong this season, and they're just like, "All right, all right, Jakob, you're back. Save the team." Like. I don't know. Um, I don't think they solved the ball distribution stuff at all, right? Because Pirtle is a guy you play through more than than uh, Precious. 
so he gets more touches and, and shots. So I just don't know how they've solved the the hierarchy, the ball distribution, stuff like that yeah, uh, in this trade deadline true. if they don't do anything. And that's something we've been on here every day, to, like kind of complaining about is the hierarchy. So, yeah, I mean, we've kind of all set our opinion on why they need to shake up the team multiple times before this. So, but look, there there's a good 30 minutes left where trades are still going to happen. So. Um, yeah. Katie? Until the next trade drops? Yeah, Katie. Do you want to talk about Mo Bamba to the Lakers? Nah, nah. Let's start with the Katie trade if we're going to get into other non-Raptor stuff. Nothing else matters. I love the the small, little, meaningless trades. They're the most fun. Yeah, but they go last. Okay. Um, my biggest take on it is from the Brooklyn side of things. What a disaster. What an embarrassing, embarrassing run for that. They literally, you know, the meme from Arrested Development where, um, uh, Tobias is like, it didn't work for them, but maybe it'll work for us, you know? And and it's like, that's the Nets trading all their first round picks unprotected and then doing it again 10 years later, like the exact same thing. And both times the superstars left. So it's a it's a disaster. The Rockets hold all of their future picks. That's and people wild. are looking at this team like, wow, the Nets are really interesting with all these wings. They're crap. The Nets are crap right now. I don't know if you disagree with me, but like the roster as no, constructed is crap. And that is I would have just kept these both of these guys, told them to suck it up, give us one more run for a championship, and then in the offseason, Katie, you're gone. Kyrie will try to sign and trade you. Um, so that's my take on the Nets. What about you guys with like the Phoenix fit with Katie? I'm a little bit worried. I mean, obviously, it makes them incredibly potent. Um, the starting lineup, whoever ends up being the fifth person, I guess it would be Tory Craig, maybe. I am very worried about their depth. I mean, it, you know, it's and and maybe they have. I mean, they just got Darius Baisley, who's a nice like young athlete that they can throw out there. But so much of so much of what Phoenix had, I guess, was like a solid rotation support. Whatever you want to call it, like bench. They had a they had a solid bench. They had young wings. Like Bridges did a lot for them. Cam Johnson. So. I'm I'm nervous for them as far as like when they're running up against teams in a in a seven game series. Like Paul has never been healthy. Booker's rarely health, rarely always healthy, and KD's had problems. So on paper, it's awesome. They are when they are going full blast, they're going to be incredibly dangerous. But I just think that they they did give up a lot, and that's always. I mean, that's what when when you and I argued about KD to Toronto, we talked about that. It's like. Who, who now is going to be the perimeter guy, like guarding the perimeter guy? And, you know, in our case, it was OG. And in this case, it's McCall Bridges. And I think, like, I would be very nervous about going up against Kyrie and, and Luca in a series. Because, like, who's going to guard those guys? Yeah. I also kind of think they're going to win the West. Like, I get all that. But, like, who's guarding KD in the West? And Booker on the same Aaron team. Which, which team has the ability to guard both of those guys? Aaron Gordon, KCP, let's go. Yeah, that'll be a good series. But 
Hey, Sal. Welcome to the show. We're talking about Kevin Durant right now. We've exhausted our Jakob Pertl. Oh, man. I missed that. You can do it later, but let's talk about Durant right now. Um, Yeah, they are a bit thin, and they don't have the wing defenders that would be ideal. They actually just traded uh, OKC for... um, What's his name? Darius Baisley. Darius Baisley, who's a wing defender. but He's more of a power forward, but... But man, this team went to the finals two years ago and they just added Kevin Durant. Like if I was the Raptors and I might be crazy for this, I would have done that pick package. OG and those picks for Kevin Durant. Like it's Kevin Durant. I would have do it every time. I would have done Pascal on like three picks. But not OG. Not OG. And it would have been OG and like Gary or something like that's the thing is I if I'm making a run, oh, I'm not for the going... money. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going like six only. I need to have like my core eight. Built no, out. it could have been like Boucher and uh, OG to make the money work or something, and that or, or something like that. But yeah. I just anyways, more, but yeah. I think the Phoenix Suns won the trade, even though they gave up a lot. Like uh, Sahal, I'll, say, I'll give this to you, but the Jazz got more for Rudy Gobert. That like they got a they got an all star or. No, that was the other trade. But they got more in picks that, and swaps for Rudy than the Nets got for KD. And he has three years left on his deal. So yeah. I don't see how the Suns didn't win it. Okay, so first of all, let me. I just want to get this out of the way. The Minnesota Timberwolves are a dumpster fire. Um, I thought new ownership was going to help that team out. Um, usually when you get new ownership, you feel like a new vision's in place and everything's moving in the right direction. I mean, the Suns got new ownership. Robert Sarver, um, that piece of SHIT. Uh, left the league, which was nice to see. And um, the new owner, I think his name's something Ishbia or Matt Ishbia, something along those Matt lines. Ishbia. Matt Ishbia. Um, he took over, and the first big move he makes is Kevin Durant, one of the greatest players of all time, joins um, the Suns. And if I heard Oren correctly when I first joined, he said he had the Suns winning the Western Conference. That's correct. Yeah. Nice. So, okay. So, that's what I think most people have as of now. Um, because at the end of the day, we've all learned if, if, if the Warriors dynasty taught us anything, I think we all learned that star power just wins in the NBA. Um, and unfortunately, that's what it takes now. It takes two or three stars. Um, Breaking. yeah, Aiden. we have the Blazers trading Gary Payton back to the Warriors for five second round picks. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> so is OG not moving? It looks oh. like OG might not be moving. It looks like who is the last team okay. left? Like, can I share something really quick, guys? Yeah. We think of Denver. Sorry, um, about a couple Denver? hours ago, um, I was uh, I told Aiden this on our last show. I was doing Donovan Bennett's show, and I was in the Sportsnet studios, and I was told by a little birdie who I who I will not, you know, reveal that oh, sources, um, sources, sources, sources. Yeah. This is this is huge because Sahal doesn't get sources, right? Is so it I a birdie say it. or is it just a bird? All right, it's, what is it? A, Give us the tea. It's Give a us birdie. The tea. Um, so I, I think you guys saw this when Shams posted about 30 minutes ago. He said there's a Western Conference contender in for OG Ananobi that a lot of people weren't expecting. And when you watch the video, it ended up being the Golden State Warriors. And funny enough, around noon, um, I was told something along those lines, something a lot more in detail. Um, you could probably imagine if OG is going to Golden State, who Masai would ask for back. Um I'm not 100% sure if I'm allowed to speculate. Just to be safe, I'm going to wait until 3 p.m. You don't have to deadline. name the source. You could just name what you think the theory is. 
Yeah, is it Wiggins? Well, what does that be kind of like giving it away? Or Kaminga. Or, or can Kaminga. You go See, like you can speculate. Like, I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no, Orin, but hey. Like. Take off camera. Explain to him journalism 101. Bring him back and get. Okay. let's get this shit out. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, Orin said it. Um, you could probably I said two that. names. <laughs> Who did you say before Kuminga? Uh, Wiggins. No, Wiggins, from what I heard, wasn't part of it. But um, yeah, that makes sense. Kaminga. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. And then I, I was thinking, like, I mean, like, I didn't think it was hogwash, but at the same time, I was thinking, like, Masai's probably talking to like five or six teams at the same time. So how much can I really put into this? And then, like, two hours later, I'm hearing Sham say for the first time ever, like, he's never linked the Warriors to the Raptors for this OG Ananobi trade. He says that the Warriors are... So I just found it funny that Shams, um, a national... I think it just speaks to a bigger thing where national reporters just aren't as in with the Raptors as local reporters are. Um, yeah. That's, that's all I wanted to say. That's why I just wanted to put that out there. Um, national sources are a bit behind when it comes to the Raptors. But yeah, um, second round picks are flying, guys. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Five for Jay Crowder. Five for Gary Payton Jr. Um... This is fun. Five for I, Sadiq Bay. Yeah. What was it? Sorry. Five for Sadiq Bay. Okay. I didn't even know that. Okay. My, my friend said to me, he's like, "How the f is Bones worth <clears throat> worth three picks less than Gary Payton Jr. the second? Yeah, or uh, or uh, Crowder. Yeah. Right. It's, it is like this is a lesson that we have we do have to learn like mm. humility or whatever you want to call it. Like we just don't understand the mechanisms of the, of the NBA truly. Like we think we understand players and their value. It's like, we actually, we just never do. Like we're always disproven one way or another. And Wait, it's what? like, it's like Houston trading Eric Gordon. Like it took them six years or whatever to trade him. It's like, Wait. there's. Yeah. Can I get my brain going though? Like yeah. The Blazers just traded Gary Payton for five second round picks. They got a first from the the Knicks, Knicks. for Josh Hart. Are the Blazers ball. about to make a run at the Raptors at OG? They They're the team that's always been rumored. They have Shaden Sharp. Um, I kind of wrote them off now. I wrote now them off they... because of Tybalt. But yeah, yeah but I was going to say they... like an eighth man, realistically. They lost a good defender in Josh Hart, got a good defender back in Matisse, who gives you a lot less on offense. So that that is true. There is a little bit of a void there um, offensively. You get back now Gary Gary Payton Jr., who's well-known as one of the better perimeter defending guards in the league. Um, we'll see. Blazers could be in. And um, I my question to you guys is, if this hypothetical trade does go down and OG does go to the Warriors, are the Suns still the favorites? When everyone's healthy in the West, with if the OG Warriors on the got Warriors. OG, that's tough. It was tough. I can't even put my mind around that right now. I really thought the, the Pirtle trade was was going to write Gary or Freddie off. Like Same. I really thought that was kind of the sequence of events. Or OG for me, yeah. Anyone or OG, three. yeah. I I thought for sure something else was coming. I kind of still do, honestly. There's the Raptors are a team that might just wait until the very last minute. Um, there's a lot of things that go into this too, just as such as like wanting to tell the player before they find out from Woj that 
there's they're going to be dealt. I think the Raptors really care about certain things like that. And that's ha- like part of the reason why national reporters aren't on the Raptors as quickly. So in the next 20 minutes, like I would not be shocked if if the Raptors make a deal still. Um, but yeah, it, we'll it is crazy with Denver back to the bone bones. Highland goes for the same number of picks as Mike Muscala. <laughs> like that's just very funny to me. I'm thinking, yeah, I think again, it comes back to what you said, Aiden. I think our value does not always equate to what general managers around the league, um, how they value players. Um, maybe bones just isn't that valued. It just really comes down to that. I know he's not regarded as a very good defender in the league. Um, kind of like a shock stick offensively. So, um, I mean, hey. <sighs> Something's going on in Portland, guys. Something's going on in Portland. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but it's also that, like, why that, would uh, the war... speculating would... that, Oren? Or is that you? No, like, this are you on the reporter Seth side? Now. Seth Partnow okay. is speculating that. Nice. But uh, it, it's weird, though. Why would the Warriors help Portland get OG at the same time? Because they just made the trade. Uh, for with five first second round picks, so yeah, they 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 might not have liked the price <laughs> Masai was offering them, so they they like just called it a day. So guys, I missed a lot of the trades on my way here, and then I I kind of had to do like a five minute sit down and go through all of them again. If I'm not mistaken, was Sadiq Bay not initially traded to the Warriors? Did I read that right, or was that like a I just totally it was a three pick? It was a three team trade. The, yeah, went to the Hawks. Okay, so he he's going to the Hawks. Yeah. And, and, and it's reported that Collins is staying put too. So they have like a wealth of length and shooting now, which is kind of nice. Yeah, Sadiq Bay is a good piece. He's not very efficient yet, but he can definitely ball. Joe yeah, Wolfond and, and Joseph uh, Cashiaro are helping out a lot. I'm currently on this because I'm just trying to find trade trackers around because now I'm just catching up, really. Um, Let us know when you're and... caught up. Yeah, I mean, do you have any takes on the Pirtle trade, Sahel, that you want to say? Because it looked like that might be it for the Raptors. Um, Yeah, so I know there's some fans out there who are like, well, like, what's the point? Like, it seems like a let's try and win now move um, with Pirtle. But I just genuinely think that, like, I know he's an impending free agent, but I just think Masai is just shoring up um, a hole. And it's like, I don't know what fans want like the front office to do because it's like you've been complaining all season about hey like we have no rim protection we don't have a big we don't you know our finishing at the rim sucks um you know i you know what i mean like the defensive rebounding could be better all these different things and it's like you get Jakob purtle who's one of the probably he's probably a prototype the prototypical center you'd want in the nba a very mobile big i was watching um like I mean, I would say film of him. San Antonio Spurs YouTube, by the way, does an incredible job with like taking each player on their team and showing them like defensive highlights. They have like a 13 minute clip of just defensive highlights for Jakob Pertl. So um, people should watch that. But I was watching that. And then um, funny enough, I heard someone kind of mention the fact that I'm not going to name names, but actually, no, I'm not going to say it. But I'm I'm going to say, it. you know, I'm going to be an asshole, Aiden. I've heard the the Jonas Valanciunas, uh, sorry Jonas Valanciunas um, comparisons to Jakob Pertl, and I don't understand like stylistically how they're even close, um, yeah. because 
They're not. I mean, Jonas Valanciunas defensively is, is no. as far away from a mobile big as you can get. Like, one thing when I was watching those that defensive film of, of Jakob Pertl, he's so good at back shuffling, right, and playing that drop defense, whereas I watched the Jonas Valanciunas clip right after I was done, and Jonas Valanciunas' feet look like they're stuck in mud. Now, Jonas Valanciunas, don't get me wrong, is an incredible offensive player, a great low post player, still a very good center in this league. But if we're talking strengths and weaknesses, like those two are very different players. Um, I just don't, you know, if you think it's too much for a Pirtle, a 2024 first, well, keep in mind two months ago, national reporters were, were initially, and when I say national reporters, I mean the consensus in Shams, Waj, and all these guys. Uh, by the way, it is three o'clock. We have hit the deadline. So I would expect in the next five minutes for like the last few bit of trades to come through. Um Jonas is an incredible player in his own right. However, those are two very different players. Um, very different. And I think Nick Nurse loves a guy like Jakob Pertl who can shift defensively and he can move around and you could throw him in his zone. And he just won't look out of place defensively. He'll set good screens. He'll roll to the basket. He'll finish at the rim. He'll grab your rebounds. Um, just a guy that can just slot in. And, and, and he might slot in as a starter um, you know, they might have like kind of like a smoothing period to start with, with Jakob Pertl, but I mean, Nick Nurse knows this kid inside out. He might just start his first game as a Raptor. So um, I, I never really understood that comparison because I saw that two or three times and I'm just like, eh, I don't get it. Um, beyond that, I'm, I'm in favor of it. I'm in favor of the Jakob Pertl trade. I know people don't never like moving first round picks. Um, I mean, the first round pick that was moved to the San Antonio Spurs for Thad Young, um, ended up being Malachi Branham. So I'm going to ask every live listener, and even if you're if you're watching this on a podcast later, if you know who Malachi Branham is and you don't play NBA 2K23, um, I probably will e-transfer you, maybe a dollar or two. Um, you know, because there's just He's not... It's, 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 He's playing it's, well. He is, but it's, it's slim pickings when you get to the end of the first round, right? It's... Um, and then really, did they really the trade their first if, if they got the high second and they ended up getting Christian Coloco? Like, who knows, right? Well, the, um, the conjecture is that we would have drafted Walker Kessler, but but it's yeah, the wrong thing to say that. But like, it's it's like it's I the wrong analysis. Anything. The, it's the wrong analysis. What they what it looks like the Raptors decided was they looked at Coloco and they looked at Kessler and they decided that Coloco wasn't that much worse, which was a wrong analysis. And said, "Well, we can trade back, which is a smart thing to do, and we'll pick up an uh, like a, a contract like that we can use in addition to Coloco. So, like in theory, it's a smart idea, and it it failed. But that happens, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Um, it looks like the Raptors are not making a trade. If anything doesn't happen until 3 10 p.m. Eastern time, I'm just gonna assume the Raptors. That is so disappointing after everything. After everything we've been through this season. So much torture. That's what like, I'm pissed about most for sure. Yeah. Oh my god. The the way Twitter has been looking these last couple of weeks, all that for nothing. And now there's just gonna be more shit talking. You know, like for not making a move. Yeah, but I also think shit talking is also based on results. And like, if the Raptors pull off a string of wins here, and hey, the fifth hey. seed is in play, <laughs> the Nets are out, right? Like the Nets are out of it. The Heat are 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 kind of staying put at the deadline. So, if the Raptors make a string of wins and they get into the playoffs, like 
fans can't really be that mad. Um, but also, if they just keep playing the same way they've been playing all season and are up and down, then fans absolutely have a right to to be mad and to criticize the team. And yeah, we're going to hear a lot of it. So yeah. I find it kind of weird that a Memphis and a New Orleans um, didn't up the offer for an OG. I'm not like obviously. If you're a Memphis or an Orleans fan, you're probably laughing. Like, ah, like, you know, we got you guys. But realistically, it's like everyone was making big moves, right? Suns, the Clippers look like they're ready to contend, the Nuggets. I'd say the Grizzlies and the and the Pelicans are probably a tier underneath some of these teams. Um, I'm kind of shocked the Warriors didn't make a move. Maybe they just didn't pan out with with um what I said uh was happening earlier, the discussions that were taking place. But yeah, I just I find that a bit weird. Maybe maybe um, David Griffin, the, the New Orleans Pelicans president of, of basketball ops, just thinks they're not ready, even if they get an OG. Um, and he could be right. Um, and the same thing with the Grizzlies. Maybe they just want to go through one more year with their core. Hope everybody kind of takes a step forward, and then you make that big move. Maybe in the next trade deadline, next season. So, um, yeah, a, a little bit shocked that. Um, one of the best wing defenders and two-way players in the league wasn't wasn't moved. Um, in, in terms of Gary and Fred, am I shocked they weren't moved? I don't know. Because realistically, Oren, Aiden, and Keon, uh, we haven't really heard much about teams being interested in um, Fred and, and Gary trades in the last 24 hours, 36 hours. Right. So. I've heard. Yeah. Well, there was definitely interest in Fred. Gary, we heard nothing really all. Absolutely nothing. Weeks. Yeah. Fred, there was the L.A. teams and maybe Orlando. But yeah, maybe they like it's risky to go into a summer with three free agents, which is what they're doing. So I would probably bet one of those guys gets signed and traded or lost for nothing yeah. just because what are the odds you sign all three of them to good deals? But and also, they're, not to talk about the fact that you have to convince one of them to go to the to the bench, right? Like, one yeah. of these guys, Fred, Gary, or OG, has to go to the bench. This this is pretty funny, though. The Raptors now have four starters who um, came from the bench mob. <laughs> so now this is beautiful. my question. It's beautiful. Right? Because if you were to ask me, I think Gary should probably be the one that moves to the bench. And from what I heard, Nick Nurse was fairly open to it. Um, to his, uh, like, how he received going to the bench. Now, does Gary want to do that, you know, beyond this season if he comes back to the Raptors? Probably not. Um, but, I mean, that's what I would do. I don't really see a situation where Fred comes off the bench or Scotty. Yeah. Um, it would and obviously Pascal. Gary, Pascal's like the, yeah, Pascal's obviously starting. So, I think it would it would be Gary, but we'll – We'll see. I don't know. Like, this is kind of what I was afraid of, guys, because you move him to the bench and it's like, I don't know. Does that help you in negotiations in the offseason? Um, does it hurt you? Right. Does it lower his price or does it take you out of the running completely to get Gary back? I don't know. Um, you would assume Pirtle's back, right, on a, on a contract next year. Um, We're also not alone. Like, Brooklyn made no moves with all of their dudes. Chicago didn't do anything. Yeah, John Collins again remains a hawk. Like we weren't the only ones to Miami. Miami didn't do anything. Kings didn't do anything, which is a shock to me. 
my my Kings winning the Pacific Division bet is just really took a big hit today. All right, um, we got Mete joining us, another Raptors Republer. Hey, right. Um, thanks for joining us. I, I'll I'll hop off so we have a less congested stream for screen for yeah, a bit. But here. Mete, just tell us what you think about the Pirtle trade and kind of the Raptors deadline in uh, in general. Yeah. Um... The Pirtle trade was great, honestly. Like, I was listening to you guys, and I I agree with you guys. Like, a lot of fans are not happy about it, but the Raptors have they've needed a true center since like the last three years since uh, the Tampa Bay days. So they finally get that, and a lot of people are like freaking out about Van Vliet, uh, Gary Trent Jr. Like, what's gonna happen with them? But I know the the trade deadline passed, but if they do want to move on from them, they could still do like a sign-in trade in the offseason. So there's still some options, and I think it was a good trade, honestly. Yeah. yeah. We, we, Woj is just like uh, – was, was tweeting that basically the trade deadline was an opportunity for Masai and Bobby Webster to do their due diligence on the value of these guys, you know, um, getting all of that information, and they can go into the off season and sign one or sign and trade both, should they choose. Yeah. yeah um, um, so, have we gotten like a one hundred percent confirmation from Shams or what? I think you got one of you guys pulled up a tweet that the Raptors are just out. I think anything can happen, but it's it looks like it's that's it. Yeah. And I and I, yeah, but I I'm with you, Mete. Like I think the the Pirtle trade is like. I I don't think it was worth I don't know. I'm I'm okay with it. I you know what part of this is is like if we're not gonna trade our core, we need to get somebody in there just for the sake of like health and like you know endurance and all of those things. Is so like these guys are just gonna be worn down to a pulp unless we actually bench them, which we weren't ever planning on doing. So if we're not gonna trade anybody, then acquiring a defensive big who can take on a lot of that heavy heavy lifting is like like a relief in some ways, to be honest. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, Wojnarowski, Adrian Wojnarowski just tweeted. Let me read this out. I can bring it up actually. Um, the Raptors never turned out to be sellers. Adding Spurs center Jakob Pertl on deadline day, they'll have to make some harder decisions in the off season. But Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster tested and learned a lot more about the value of several players. Um. So yeah, to the to the off season we go. I guess we're just running it through with the with the players we got, which I mean, I'm sure a lot of Raptors fans again are disappointed. Um, maybe some Raptors fans aren't. Maybe some Raptors fans were like, okay, we we got Jakob. Let's go from there. Um, but I mean, we'll see. Things are gonna have to change. Nick Nurse has some has some rotation decisions to make as well. We talked about Gary Trent Jr. hypothetically moving to the bench. That could happen. Um, I'm I'm kind of excited, Aiden, in a way, to see what Nick Nurse cooks up. Um, what do you think, Aiden, would be the the closing five in close games for the Raptors? Do you think it would be uh, Gary would be in there, Precious would be in there? Like who who would be your five guys? I'll bounce up to Mete because I I go back and forth on this. I'm curious yeah, what, what you think. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I feel like. Honestly, it should be like based on a night-to-night basis who's playing mm-hmm. well, but 
let's just say um, I'd go with like Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Ananobi, Siakam, and Pirtle, I think, would be my five. I like that. Yeah, I I mean, this does, like, you know, it's shocking to hear that, right? Because that's just, like, thinking of Scotty being benched in those, like, final minutes is kind of hard to swallow. And Mm -hmm. counter to what a lot of us, myself included, think Scotty should be doing is that, like, more responsibility should be going towards him. And I think that you highlight the biggest criticism of not trading one of our primary guys. Is that like, I think this team is at its best when Scotty has more control than he currently has. Yeah. Um, and, and we talked about this uh, last game, Sahal and I, like you watched that, that Houston, no, what the Spurs game. And like for the fourth quarter, Scotty doesn't even touch the ball. He's on the floor and he's not touching the ball. You imagine, and he looked frustrated. Can you imagine if he's on the bench? So, what do you th- do? You think it'll be dependent? It will be dependent, or you know, like is Nurse going to ride with guys depending on how they play in the game, or do you think he's going to be tight on his closing lineups? Um, are you asking me that, or are you asking me to- either? Anybody? I'm okay. I mean, he's he's our guest, so go take the floor. Yeah. yeah, I I think, like I said, I think it should be based on like how they're performing, but I feel like Nurse he likes to be more like um, he likes to stick to the plan more. So I think yeah. he would like have a five that he's figured out. Yeah. No, I'm with you. That, and that, I think, is the interesting part. Now Nick Nurse can kind of go situational, right, Yeah. with his lineups. Um, he needs a bigger lineup out there. F it. Bring out Pirtle. Bring out Precious. Bring out Siakam. Bring out all the big guys. You need a smaller lineup out there? Sorry, Pirtle. You're going to have to sit, right? So it does help that now they have that option out there. And I think Raptors fans are really, really, really going to warm up. I mean, they know, and I'm sure a lot of them are fans of Jakob Pirtle, but I think some of them are forgetting just how good of a basketball player he is. Um, and, and you guys will see it really quick on how he affects plays at the rim. Um, I really, really hope, guys, that someone will be able to find him uh, when he's rolling down to the rim because that kid takes up a lot of room um, when he's screening for you. So, I, I, I mean, I, I would hope Fred and some of these guys would look for him. I know Scotty will. Scotty's, I think, already one of the better high-low passers in the game. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited for that, but... I don't know, man. I'm still I, kind of caught up on the fact that no no one's gone, and and I'm starting to figure. I'm starting to think like, how is that going to affect Precious's mindset and this guy and that guy? I don't know. We'll see. Not only is no one gone, but like they they trade a guy Birch who who wasn't playing, right? Like we we're done with Birch for a guy who definitely requires 25 minutes a game in a position yeah. that we already have an abundance of, like. I really thought, and I wrote about this before, is that like if we're going to be quote unquote buyers, I thought we were going to trade someone like Boucher, who could get us back like a low cost playable guard, because we still haven't resolved that, and that to me is like as much of an issue as not having a defensive center. So I am a little bit surprised about that. Did you have anybody who you like had an eye on Mete, like that you were you were thinking we were going to go for? Yeah, I. I was um, going through the trades today, and a lot of these guys, they went for really cheap, and I would have loved to have them. Sadiq Bey, I guess five second-rounders is not, like, 
that cheap, but he's on a really team-friendly deal. Yeah, Danny he Green, he, he was just a throw-in. Like, he could help the Raptors' shooting struggles. Jordan Navarro, I think he was a throw-in as well in one of the deals. And Luke Kennard, like, great shooter. Yeah. I think we could have really used those guys. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah. Kennard, I had yeah. an eye on a um, couple, of, any, any of the Clippers guys. There is the buyout market, and you know, like, if if we're just going to sign a guy for the end of the year, I don't, like, I haven't crunched the numbers. I don't know what space we have, but we do we do have a, a roster spot. We got off some money with, well, we got off future money with Birch, so I don't know where we're at, but it would be interesting to see if we try and grab somebody in the buyout market. Yeah, there's a lot of peripheral players that were moved around for picks. Um, and I think that is like a secondary thing that I'm that I'm kind of disappointed with the Raptors about, where it's like they really could have reshaped that 9 to 12 part of their rotation. Um, yeah. I really wanted to see exactly. that change. Um, because, damn, guys, you look at some of the teams in this league and they are like 11 deep. And I know that's some of the better teams in the league, but... The Raptors' problem, I think their their primary issue this entire season that they've been dealing with is their lack of depth. And it's, I mean, lack of depth not only hurts you as a team, but it hurts your starters a lot, right? We saw what, I mean, what's happening currently to Fred. Fred's, I wouldn't even call him injury prone, but he's dealing with a lot of injuries because he's overworked. Like, we know it by now, right? Pascal Siakam, some of these guys are just overworked. Nobody would have thought Scotty Barnes would be playing 40 minutes a game his first two NBA seasons. Like, that's not normal. Right. Um, so it's it's difficult, but I think now the Raptors have about seven to eight reliable guys. Um, right. Because if you start uh, Pirtle, I mean, OG's still out with his injury. So if you start Pirtle, and that means Precious goes to the bench, you have Boucher coming off the bench. Um, and I mean, beyond that, we. <laughs> Am I missing someone, guys? That uh, no, very I mean, reliable. We, yeah, we're just like player? it's Malachi Flynn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Are there, are there any other trades, Mete, that you want to like talk about or that you found interesting? Um, I guess maybe like uh, the Jay Crowder deal. Five seconds. Yeah, that was another five second deal that oh, I couldn't God. believe. <laughs> Didn't make sense. Yeah. This is like a, a 2023 thing. I don't know. Did Adam Silver just tell everyone like the seconds are like we're just moving seconds now? I've never seen a trade deadline so many second round picks get moved like this, especially well, in conjuncture to each other. I just didn't. What? It's, Five it's seconds? Funny, it's a funny like it's almost like a, a pendulum shift from the seven firsts or whatever max that Gobert got. Like it's it's like we it's like. It's almost like the Gobert trade sent everything into such absurdity <laughs> yeah, that we, kind of had to, we, we had to like reel it all back, you know? And so it's like, like now firsts are, I don't know. I don't know how the, that logic works out, but it's kind of like the seconds was the best way to overspend without overspending in a weird way. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Second, The second round pick is that one, like piece of of value that's it's so easy to get rid of because if you're going into an nba draft and you have a first 
you like it's not a big big deal if you're not making a pick in the second round like of course there's a ton of players out there that you would probably want and, and that's not me saying that second round talents are are different from undrafted talents right um but man five, five seconds is insane for jay crowder yeah also what did the the clippers give up for bones Highland? that was another player two, i would have loved to two have. seconds oh my goodness that yeah the raptors should have been on in on him like he would have really helped us out yeah like i i'm not the biggest bones fan but i think the thing is is people were talking about trading for him as though he were going to cost more i mean if you're going to just dole out two seconds um you know like i definitely would have signed up for that Mm -hmm. for sure i i feel like a lot of teams would have but um yeah that was kind of surprising the jay crowder thing is nice i mean we haven't seen him play in forever they also nora is whatever and so is george hill but they the bucks also lacked depth to begin with and so i mean it'll be interesting to see what they do in the buyout market as well i don't think like Crowder doesn't give them that much more depth that they weren't like, I feel like their depth was in their backcourt more so than their frontcourt. But yeah, I mean, the bucks are again, one of those teams that they feel like they can go, they can go all the way. So they have the superstar and Giannis. Um, they have the surrounding talent guys like Grayson Allen have developed a pretty good amount under the bucks. So um, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see. This is going to be one of the more exciting NBA playoffs for me. Uh, Mete, I don't know about you, but especially the Western Conference. Like, I'm going to be watching a lot of those Western Conference games. Aiden, that first round of the Western Conference is going to be bananas. Like, I, I cannot wait. Like, you have the Warriors. You might have the Warriors, Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, uh, Suns, gr- Grizzlies. Like, this is Mavericks. Mavericks. It's going to be crazy. You're guaranteed to have – yeah, the, the top eight in the West is going to be crazy. I – Yeah. It, and one of them might not even make the playoffs. I mean, yeah. the Kings are yeah. currently third, right? So, yeah, it's Denver. Didn't even name the Pelicans or the Timberwolves. Yeah, or the Denver, Kings. Memphis, Kings, Clippers, Warriors, like Dallas. Like, they're all, yeah. Some of them aren't even, the play-in is going to be dangerous. Yeah, OKC is a, is a half game out of the play-in. Utah is a half game out of the play-in. Like, this is... People said the West wasn't competitive a couple months ago. Well, we're here now. Like this is this is it. Like this is now you're in the rat race. Um, this is going to be fun. The East, it's like, I mean, uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn might just fall. I don't know. Like people are expecting Brooklyn to kind of just fall off the earth, um, getting rid of Durant and Kyrie. But I think the Suns won that trade. But Brooklyn still got. I tweeted about this. Brooklyn still got a good, good, you know, haul back. Right. You have Bridges there now. You have Cam Johnson. You have a budding talent that's, you know, the whole NBA now is talking about in Cam Thomas, right? The kid's averaging like 40-something in his last three games, which is unbelievable. Um, who else am I forgetting? They have a bunch of new players there. Dinwiddie, um, Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they won't be an easy out, that's for sure. They won't. Like they, they won't I don't know that they're going to score a ton of points, although Cam Thomas might just score 60 every game for them. They'll be fun to watch for sure. Yeah, Cam Thomas is is grinning ear to ear. I mean, he's he's gonna get all the shots. He's gonna get all the shots he wants, which is gonna be fun. Um, 
yeah, the East doesn't look too bad either. You still have the Cavs, Bucks, 76ers, Celtics. We're kind of just leading the way in the East. And then I think beyond those four, I don't know. I don't know. Like the the Nets, the Heat, Knicks, Hawks, Bulls, Raptors, those six teams, I'm not 100% sure where each team's going to end up. Um, It's going to be fun. This is going to be a very fun second half of the NBA season and a very fun playoffs. I can't wait. Mete, for your parting words, give us a prediction on the Raptors' end of this year and what they do in the offseason. All right. Um, I'm going to say Raptors will finish ninth in the okay. East. So yeah, I'll give you some context, Mete. They're, they're currently 10th yeah. right now, and they're a game from ninth. Yeah, I think they can get it. Like you were talking about for the Eastern playoffs, like the top teams are pretty much set, and then after that, you don't really know what's going on. So, yeah, I think they can do it. Uh, it's just honestly, the shooting is the biggest concern for me. But I think they can still get in, even like with how bad they've been shooting, they're still uh, positive in the points differential, and they've been in pretty much every game this year. So That's- I think they can get in. And I think from the play-ins, they'll make the playoffs, and then they'll get bounced first round. Sounds about That's right. That's my prediction. That yeah, I, think, right. I think it's a good point about the buying as well, is that like, and Oren talked about this, about like, you know, why didn't we sign Pirtle in the offseason earlier? And it's like, there were a lot of games that could have easily tilted in our favor. And if we had a guy like Pirtle, you know, we might we might be in the playoff picture right now. So um, that's one, you know, kind of way you can look at this trade is that maybe it does tip the balance for a lot of these close games for us. And we do make a little bit of a run. So I'm, yeah, that is, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm all, I can't lie to you guys. I'm a little sad, a little sad how the trade deadline kind of panned out for the Raptors. That's called the crash from the high side. We spent, Aiden, we spent, (laughs) yeah, I just need my next fix because we spent a month of wrap up live shows talking about how the trade deadline was approaching and talked about all the rumors and who's going to go. And at one point it was Gary, at one point it was Fred, then OG. Um, Yeah, I mean, run it. I love OG. I love Gary and I love Fred. On on a sentimental yeah. level, I like watching them play basketball. So, um, I'm I mean, so happy to have OG we'll in a Raptors jersey. Still, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. I'm excited, Mete. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. We for appreciate you. Yes, yeah, man. no problem at all. Thank you for joining us. Take care, buddy. Right. Yeah. See you. See you. Um, are we going Greater NBA? You want to talk Raptors? What do you want to do? Let's talk about the NBA. Let's do it. Let's talk about the NBA. Um, where do we start? <laughs> did you find where the do we start? Page? I need a, I, I need did. A... I did. I'm looking at it now. Okay. Um, here, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, if you have the score app, though, you just go to NBA Collect News. It's the top one. But, um, yeah, big deals. I mean – I, we did, I mean, I know you guys talked about it, but I wanted to give my two cents on the James Wiseman to the Pistons deal. Do it. Do it. So are the Pistons now, Aiden, just that the, the, the reclamation project team where they're just getting all the, the second overall picks? 
and just trying to recreate them because I mean they got they did it with Marvin Bagley, and now you have James Wiseman, and I think a lot of people expected James Wiseman to if he wasn't moved in in, in the during the trade deadline he would be moved in the offseason, but um, yeah, I mean I don't know. Some teams in the NBA, Aiden, I'm just not 100% sure, like, what their direction is. Like, I don't know. If you asked me just at the some. beginning of this season, I know. If you asked me at the beginning of this season, I would have said the Pistons were a year, possibly two years away from the playoffs. Like, I didn't think they were very far because I like their core guys. I like Sadiq Bey. I like Cade Cunningham. Um, I really like Bogdanovich joining their team. But, um, yeah, I don't know now. I genuinely don't know because they don't have Sadiq Bey. Um, James Wiseman Jones joins them. So it's like, now do you spend another year next year kind of just putting development at the forefront? I guess. Well, um, also, didn't we just go through this with Detroit where they had they went like bonkers for bigs? I don't Maybe they didn't use that slogan. They should have. But they had like, they, should, yeah. they had like Deadman and. Uh, geez, it was a couple of years ago now, but they had a ton of bigs for no reason. Like, it was just, like, complete, like, illogic. Yeah. It was, like, the whole league's going to this positionless basketball, and they're just accruing bigs. And mm-hmm. then they kind of figured it out. They sold off Deadman and whoever else they had. And now, all of a sudden, they draft Durin. They sign or trade for Bagley. They have Isaiah Stewart. They trade for James Wiseman. So now they have all of these bigs. Once again... They get rid of their one wing guy who's Bay. Like it just—it's completely illogical. I just—I just, I just uh, realized the Warriors essentially just traded Wiseman for Gary Payton. Yeah, the second because yeah. they, the the five second round picks they acquired, they just shipped it off to to the Portland Trailblazers for Gary Payton, and they love him there. Like the Bay Area absolutely loves GP two. So um, if people remember, he was on the Raptors nine hundred five as well. He was playing out of his mind there as well. A little disappointed the Raptors didn't call him up. Probably, you know, could have made it there. And the Raptors could definitely use a guy like GP2. But um, that's neither here nor there. Um, what else do I want to bring up? Bones Highland to the Clippers. Um, he Does he essentially just take over the Reggie Jackson role? Or um, I'm not 100% sure what's happening. Because they got rid of John Wall as well, too, right? Yeah, so their, their point guard is now Highland. Is that right? Is that where we're yeah. at? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we must be missing somebody. I mean, Reggie Jackson's gone. John Wall's gone. Um, I mean, the, this is where the live comments would usually help us out. Uh, I feel like we're, we might be missing someone. Luke Kennard's right gone. Um, yeah, they just have a bunch of guards. Man, Powell, Highland, Highland. It's kind of a crazy move. They're definitely going to grab somebody in the buyout market um it's weird though because the rumors were um that they were looking for like a playmaking point guard right uh, and uh, as good as much as i like bones highland i don't know if he's like that because they were rumored for like kyle lowry fred van vliet not necessarily scoring i mean the clippers i feel yeah. like have enough of that right no and that's like always how... been their problem is that they haven't had uh, like a real point guard and i think they were hoping john wall could be that but Speaking of John Wall, Aiden. Poor guy, dude. Oh, man. I I feel awful for the dude, man. I genuinely feel so bad for him because he had that one podcast 
where he was just shitting on the Rockets, man. And um, the culture there, and I don't really blame him because when you when you really think about John Wall's career joining the Wizards, yeah, he did. <laughs> so it's gonna be funny. I mean, it's. I just saw Chris Haynes tweet that the bio market's gonna be robust. So I, would, I don't know. Maybe they just buy him out. I don't know. Um, but a little weird for them to send him back to the Rockets. Lawrence Frank just has absolutely no empathy at all. He's just like, sorry, you're going right back to hell. Um, not fun to be sent to one of the worst teams. John Wall wants to contend. Like he's made it clear that he wants to be on a winning team. When he was with the Wizards, for the most part, they, they were a winning franchise. Um, didn't win like I mean a ton. They weren't. They were never. I don't think ever a top three seed. Were they a top three seed? No. Um, I feel like the Wizards, the highest they got was like four. But they were a good basketball team, right at their peak, and then everything kind of just fell apart with him with injuries. Uh, gets sent to the Rockets, gets sent to the Clippers, or signs with the Clippers, and then now is sent back to the Rockets. So, man, feel awful for him. Yeah, poor John guy. Wall. Um, I feel so bad for him. I'm. Uh, what do you think about the 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 Mo Bamba to the Lakers? Did we did we talk about that yet? We did. Pat Bev to the Magic? No, we didn't. So Patrick Beverly, a guy who has almost always again been on a winning franchise, uh, and talks about it all the time, like, "Hey, I'm here to win. Like, I I do not, you know, I'm not here to be on a on a rebuilding team." And I feel like that's a lot how a lot of players think now, right? Uh, that are in that thirty range. Uh, Andre Iguodala, if you remember, he was just like, "I'm not I'm not doing any of this." Um, when he got sent to the Grizzlies. But um, we do have another guest here with us today. Everybody What's welcome. What's up, Nigel? Hey, Nigel. boys. How are you? Are you excited yeah. for this or what? Let's go. Okay, there we go. See, we, I needed that. Yeah, we need I a really shot of energy. We're, we're on a low <laughs> here from the – Well, you know what? I'll tell you something. Twitter is just nuts. Everyone's so negative. Yeah. They got to just take a step back, see what's going to happen, and then start making judgments. Everyone just rushing into this way too early. Nigel, yeah. we're millennials, man. We've seen the world go to shit. <laughs> this is what we do. We yeah. pass you know, the misery. Goal, buddy. Uh, there's a lot of wisdom behind these lines. I may not be as good as you boys, but I still got something back there. Okay, hundred no, percent. I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. Um, we were just talking, Nigel, really quick. So we're, we were talking about the Raptors earlier. And maybe we should ask you the same question that we asked Mete. Um, what did you think so far about the NBA trade deadline, the Yaka Pirtle move, the lack of a move uh, you know, maybe I'm that they didn't make? obsessed by the Pirtle move. I yeah. love it. Uh, it's everything I've always wanted to see this team do. Um, I think it changes our defensive schemes. It makes everything up. So we just so have to be so coordinated right now, all five guys on the same page. One guy screws up, everything kind of let's go. This way, with the rim protector in the back, we can be a little bit more aggressive. We can make a little bit more uh, attacks. I think it changes everything. I think also it's going to help on our transition as well. We're going to get a lot more skills. I think, uh, do you remember when Coloco first got there and they asked OG what he thought about it? And he was very happy having Coloco behind him. Made everything a lot easier. Yeah. Riddle is Coloco plus plus. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. And more. You're and hoping that Coloco turns into Pirtle. Well, right? uh, yeah, exactly. And you know what? Perfect mentor for him, right? Yeah. You need that mentor. He doesn't have a guy like that behind him to teach him. It's one thing to get drills. It's another thing to talk with guys. Find Absolutely. out what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, where you can make little changes. 
No, I'm with you 100%. Um, and I love that you said that because I said the exact same thing earlier today. Um, this is a guy that, you know, you watch both players in Jakob Pertl and Christian Coloco. They're both very mobile centers. They move really well in space. Yes, Christian Coloco does maybe need to add a little bit of weight. But again, he's a rookie. We're, we're willing to, to give him however much time he needs to kind of put on that NBA weight. Um, but this is a very good basketball player in Jakob Pertl that he can learn from. So I'm excited from that vantage point as well. We we, we just talk about how Jakob Pertl fits, right? We don't really talk about the the other impact, the external impact he might make on other players, right? Jakob's not a first or second year center anymore. Uh, yeah, exactly. He was drafted in, what year was it, Aiden? Do you remember? 18. He's taken ninth. Was it no, 18? Earlier than that. Earlier than that? I think uh, it might have been. I should probably know this. Draft year. 2016. Yeah, this is his seventh year in the league. So, I mean, yeah, year seven for Jakob Pertl. Goodness gracious, time is flying. Whoa. <laughs> um. <laughs> you know, okay, you know how I know time is flying? Yeah. Uh, uh, Mikhail Bridges was born on the same day I got married. So that makes wow. me cry, buddy. That makes me cry. <laughs> That's crazy. I feel sorry for my wife, but I, you know what? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Mikel Bridges. Yeah, he has a new home as well in Brooklyn. We talked about that a little bit as well, Nigel. Just before you joined, though, uh, I mentioned the trade between the Lakers and the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. Mo Bamba goes to the Lakers. Patrick Beverly goes from the Lakers to the Magic. Um, what did you think about that trade? And, and, and beyond that, do you want to expand on any other trades you found interesting? So, first of all, why does no one want to keep Patrick Beverly around? I don't understand that. Right? He just seems like that guy who you'd love to have, right? Yeah. He kind of makes everyone congeal together, right? It Great seems, teammate. I don't know guy. what's going on. Yeah. Right? So, there's, there must be something. No one gets rid of a player like that continuously, right? It seems yeah. summertime. Every, every trade deadline that comes up, he's involved, right? So, I don't know what's up with that. Well, Bamba, you know what? I, I, do you love Mobamba after all these years? Do you like? Do you say to yourself, "Wow, what a great piece"? Two two months ago, I was saying, you know what? Maybe the Raptors should entertain it if if his value is that low. It felt like Orlando's just been shopping him the last couple months. So, but I mean, if his value was Patrick Beverly, I don't know. I feel like the Lakers lost this trade. That's just my honest opinion. I feel like Patrick Beverly is a very underrated player still in this league, and um, I think that that myth that he's a bad teammate is is one of the I think biggest lies right now in the NBA that just most casual NBA but fans think. something to it, though, right? Why? Yeah. Why? What is going on? The- Why what? The Bomba's not valid? No, I'm talking about the, going back to Pat Bev, right? That's what we're oh, Yeah. I, well, I think he, I think his bark is just bigger than his bite, and at the end of the day, he's a salary that that moves, right? He's like that mid-tier salary. Yeah. You don't really lose that much. Like, leadership – it's like Danny Green, like – Danny Green's the one guy on the Memphis team other than Steven Adams who can give you that, like, wisdom and that professionalism. Yeah. But he's a contract you can trade. So, see ya. You know, I think Beverly's kind of the same way. Also, he can probably wear on people's skin over time. Yeah, and I can see also, too, uh, for Orlando, who's always looking – who needs some veteran leadership. 100%. He's that guy, right, who yeah. would, uh, kind of put people into place. You don't want him to be like Houston Rockets and you have him oh, no, no, as no. a uh, – I feel like he'd implode there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Orlando's almost like I I feel like Orlando's a good situation for 
for him in the sense that this is an opportunity for him to kind of just bring things together. If you remember before he joined the Minnesota Timberwolves, they were just a, like a dysfunctional, very, very young team that just didn't seem like they knew the right away. Yes, exactly. And lo and behold, I know it's not just because of Patrick Beverly, but the first year um, he got there, they won the playoffs, right? And he took a lot of credit for that. He had that whole that meme video that went viral where he jumped on the table and was pounding his chest after they made the playoffs. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's also another opportunity. I think for the Lakers, they're making some room, I think in their backcourt rotation, they have Dennis Schroeder there. They got Lonnie Walker there, um, Troy Brown. Right. Um, but beyond that, those are really just the three guards because Westbrook's out of the equation now. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, they, they effectively upgraded from, Thomas Bryant to Bamba. And so it, is it, that an upgrade? Yeah. Well, it is defensively, I think. You know, like like we Anthony Davis is famous for not wanting to play center. So now you have a guy that's seven feet that can stand under the rim and and get five fouls without it being a problem. But he can also shoot. And he can also, you know, he's a rim uh runner. So I think he's a little bit of an uh, upgrade for what the Lakers are probably looking for over Bryant. Yeah, and I think you're right. That's what it comes down to. It's what are the Lakers looking for um, in terms of the fit beside AD, um, the fit with LeBron. I think those are the first two guys you think of, the two core guys on the Lakers. Um, I was a little shocked, but then I did read that Thomas Bryant did request a trade, right? Yeah. He wasn't happy yeah. with the minutes yeah. he was getting when AD returned from injury. Wasn't so, he just in there just to get, get some future uh, – so, so a reputation around the league, what, what, a million and a half or something like that was his salary over there. We could have got him this summer, right? But, yeah, uh, we didn't it wasn't, it wasn't much. I don't know why, but uh, he wouldn't have been a nice piece of a million and a half. But. So now, did, was there anybody for the Raptors you had your eye on that you're kind of disappointed we didn't go for? Or rather somebody you had your eye on that we wanted no, to, I'm, to, to I, get honestly, rid of? I, I just wanted the center situation sorted out. And you know what? The fact that they didn't trade OG... I think everything kind of sorts itself out at this point. Number one, you've got that center you've been talking about all this time for, as far as roster construction goes. Um, you've added to your bench just by having him in there. It puts everyone down a peg as well. And I think it also opens up Malachi. All of a sudden, you're not yeah. as worried about point of attack as you were. And that pick and roll, which he's a specialist in, or he was a specialist. It's been a while, obviously. You finally got someone to do it. So he has no excuse now too, right? So he should be part of the mix. So it's, this is like a, a no excuse. Uh, you guys say that you're good. I've given you that piece that you need. Now it's showy. And if you don't, the sun will do what we have to do then. Yeah, I truly believe that this is the this is the last and final opportunity, Aiden. Do you agree for Malachi Flynn to kind of showcase his skills in the second half of the season? Well, I think it's kind of the last opportunity, like not just saying for a lot of guys. And it's yeah. like it's like, okay, we experimented schematically. Like we think we have the pieces, we experimented schematically, it didn't work. Now we're giving you the defensive guy that, you know, kind of make, makes up for the exhaustion, the shortcomings on the defensive end, a little bit of stuff on the offensive end, like show us what you got. And I think for all of the people, you know, to, to bring that up further, for all the people who are like, this sucks, like we're, like we're mediocrity, we're on the treadmill. Do you know how easy it would be for a year from now when the team is in the dump, let's say, to trade Pascal for like three firsts or yeah, trade, you know, like – Right. We the, Yeah, none of this is just final, right? Like, I think we're, what we're learning with Durant and Kyrie is that, the, and like D'Angelo Russell and all these guys, is things are so fluid, right? Like, we you can change 
your franchise direction on a dime and rebuild real fast. So I think like, let's give it a chance and see what happens. And, and like, not just saying like, let's put the guys money where their mouths are and see if they can perform with the team that they need. I'm excited to see what the, what nurse is going to do now, because how many times does a team make a change like this? That's going to, going to, create a whole bunch of situations that weren't there before. Now, all of a sudden, with Pirtle out there, he's going to have to change that whole defense. It's going to be a completely different defense than it was before. On offense, it's going to be a different situation as well. He kind of lends himself into that same connector role that Scotty was playing. And maybe maybe that's why they moved Scotty away from where he was. So, yeah. I think it just simplifies the defense, allows Nurse to go back to being more aggressive on offense, uh, put more structure through the pick and roll. We can, we don't have to play the Jazz anymore. We can be a little more straight ahead. Freddie, my boy, how are you, sir? What's up, Good to see you, Freddie. Has joined us for those of you not watching the live stream with the. Dirty stash in February, <laughs> which I love. As a I'm proponent, as a proponent of the mustache, I love to see it. <laughs> got to do it. Got to do it. Um, um, what's up, buddies? How are we doing? Good, man. Good, I'm man. Excited. Good. What do you think? I want to. I, yeah, I wanted to hear from from Raptors Republic's resident comedian, um, <laughs> running an absolutely incredible podcast, by the way, Confederacy of Dunks, which which we yes, love. Truly, I was listening to that on my way back home. Um, but, uh, Freddie, I'm going to ask you the same question. Uh, I asked Nigel and Aiden asked Mete just before, um, what did you think so far about the Raptors trade deadline? Um, the lack of moves and the move that they made with Jacoperto. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I liked it. It's, uh, it's good. We, we needed a center, you know, I really wanted some shooters as well. Uh, and that, so I guess that that's a little disappointing. Like I wouldn't give it an A or an A plus, but, uh, I'd give it a solid B. Mm. Um, and yeah, like coming from the, you know, comedy angle, I feel like this is a big, a big vibe right now is, uh, Torontonians are, are some of the most insecure people in the world. <laughs> and I always joke like Messiah's like, you got to believe in yourselves. And Torontonians are like, no, I, I, I don't want to, I hate <laughs> yeah. myself. Yeah. And, uh, I'm a Maple you know, Leafs fan. yeah, I'm a Maple Leafs fan. Like, and I mean, this season's been hard. Losing is hard. I think wanting to jetpack out of the situation, get a bunch of picks, punt on the second down, feels good. It's it's easy. Like tanking's one of the easiest things you could ever do, right? And you know, uh, I was just watching earlier, and Aiden was saying, "Yeah, we want to trade Pascal later. We want to trade OG later. We can do that. That's easy. We just watch Utah do that. If you like, anytime you want to blow it up, teams will feast on you." 100%. So like that, that's a thing in the NBA, right? Like once you finally kick it, there will be teams lining up to get your good players. And a big part of this whole narrative for the Raptors, uh, you know, this trade deadline, I thought is that we have good players that people want. They're difference makers. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's sort of, this is sort of predictable. I did think that perhaps there would have been a big enough bidding war that OG would have been moved. So in a sense, I am surprised, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm happy to get Pearl. I mean, he's, he's a good player. He's really going to help. He's going to help the team in a lot of ways. Like he doesn't shoot the three, but he doesn't, you know, I don't know how much he's going to help spacing, but 
No. I think he's he's not. You know, he's a, he's also like he's a pick and roll guy to a certain degree. He's like a not a major lob threat, but you know, he can he can drop some putbacks. Uh, I don't want to monologue on you guys, but yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> that's great. I'll, I love I'll it. ask you both this question, um, and so there's a report out there that the Raptors wanted Terrence Mann and a first pick for Freddie Van Bleet from the Clippers. Do you guys think, and this is not the first time that we've seen the Raptors wanting too much and a deal not going through because of it. Do you guys think that Masai is and Bobby are overplaying their hands too much and that they're like, they're like the drawing blood from a stone uh, metaphor is like, is like, starting to affect us negatively or do you, are you guys cool with him just being a badass like this freddie do you mind if i go first on this one quickly? yeah please go for it i'm old buddy i'm senile i can forget my thoughts as we speak okay yeah, so yeah, no uh, worries dude um i think everyone gets upset because we take purtle and we try and rush that a little bit it's a little unprotected as far as the first goes and it, the twitter just jumps down on their throats then we take our time. We're a little bit more patient. We're trying to see what we have here. And then Twitter dumps on their throats too, right? Mm-hmm. There's no there's no pleasing everybody. As mm-hmm. long as these guys, I'll trust them in this situation here in that they have a plan. They have a vision that we don't know what it is. They have their outs that they feel that they can get involved in. And at this point, do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'll answer. I'll, I, I think it's a really good question because it's sort of a double-edged sword, and I do think the Raptors are are greedy and have you know, uh, it, it's it's blown up in their face a couple times, right? And uh, I, but as an overall strategy, I feel like it works. I, I think part of what is confused by you know, like we always talk about Masai being and, and Bobby being patient. I think a big part of that is they try to, they try to just like, it's like you're trading someone in fantasy. Like they try to <laughs> win that deal hard every time. You know, I, I remember during the, the Tampa season when all the, the narrative was like, we have to trade Kyle. And the main, you know, suitors were the Sixers, the Heat, uh, and the Raptors. The Lakers, and, I was like, and the Lakers. And, and the Lakers, right, right. With, uh, with uh, Taylor Hart. Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah. I, I remember it was sort of like, wait a second. If the main players are like Riley, Maury, and and Masai, like a deal's no. not getting done. No one's you know, budging. That's not happening. Those guys yeah. dominate people. That's what they do. They yeah. they're they're very like predatory in their trades. And uh yeah, and I think that a big part of the way Masai and Bobby roll as well is that they sign contracts that are, are tradable throughout their, the length of the contract. Right. So like, yeah. I, I mean, I can't remember the last contract we've had that is just like an albatross type scenario where nobody wants it. And it's like dead weight, you know, for the most part, we sign people that we can deal at any, any, any point in their contract. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good question though, because this off season, yeah, they're, they're banking on their relationships, right. You know, you have that potential Clippers trade you just brought up and I think Messiah is like hey Fred if you want to leave let's do a sign and trade Gary you want to leave let's do a sign and trade if not let's let's negotiate something we both like Pirtle we've brought you over because you know 
whatever. Homies with Pascal. Yeah, your homies with Pascal and the Spurs offered you 15 mil. We'll give you 16. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think they they have a good handle on their free agents. Like, obviously, there are, you know, yeah, Mark, Serge. People have walked, right? But um, I, I think if they if they thought anyone was a serious flight risk, they would have dealt them. Well, well Freddie, and- quick question for you, though. When you're in a negotiation situation and you're desperate to make a move and you really want to make that move now, you're willing to be a little loose and, and friendly and give up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But when you don't see that desperation, when you feel you're in control of the whole situation and you feel that you have other options further on down the road, you can hold out a little bit longer, right? You're not in there right away to doing whatever you have to do. That's that's Colangelo, right? Mm-hmm. This is a different set of uh, people here. They're not just chasing something. They have a specific thing. The timeline, maybe for us, we don't understand, but I think they have a specific timeline. Otherwise, they would have made some trades more. Are you telling me you didn't like the Jermaine O'Neal deal? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here, man? You didn't like the Matrix? Um, what was Those three together, Bosch, and what was the point of that trade? Come on. But yeah. Also, you know, Twin Clippers powers. end up getting really nobody at the deadline at least in the back yeah in the backcourt like like bones island's not uh western Conference he doesn't finals move the needle enough, man. no and yeah, so yeah. if the clippers burn out this uh, this playoffs which is very possible honestly with how powerful the west is the clippers could easily lose in the first round they're going to come back to toronto yeah. and they're going to say let's sign and trade freddie for like like the big you know cashola Mm-hmm. and and make that trade happen right so like to your point freddie there there are going to be other leverage points coming down the pipeline um whether it's signing our own guys or signing and trading them to teams who suddenly become a lot more desperate than they were yeah yeah no. i was gonna say the clippers were my preseason pick to win it oh, yeah. all and I'm going to confidently now, after this entire <laughs> flurry that's happened during the trade deadline, I'm going to confidently step back on that. On that <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, a nice step back, just, you know? You got it yeah, sometimes. You know? And I got to do it early because if I do it too late in the season, people are going to hold it against me. So um, what did you guys think? So Aiden brought up that tweet from Farbod Esnahari, uh, who is an L.A. Clippers writer. And by the way, Aiden, that tweet in particular <laughs> – why do I feel like that's the Clippers feeding information to one of their to mm-hmm. one of their writers to kind of lower Fred Van Vliet's mm-hmm. uh, exactly yeah uh, value as we approach the offseason? Um, and then Gotta on this side, long game, man. yeah, you have a Warriors writer, CJ Holmes, who tweeted um, something that I alluded to earlier. The Warriors made a hard push for Raptors forward OG Ananobi at the trade deadline. However, I'm told Masai Ujiri's asking price was too high. He wanted Jonathan Kuminga, others plus picks, um, and that others from what I was hearing, uh, might have included Dante DiVincenzo. So hmm. I don't know. Um, I feel like this was a very concrete thing that Masai was working on. It was hmm. backed up by Shams Tarania, who also tweeted that the Warriors were making a hard push for OG Ananobi at the last second. Um, and I would assume the Warriors probably responded with something like, you want, like, Kaminga, we're not giving you him. Maybe you can take Moses Moody instead. Uh, another prospect that was that was drafted pretty high that maybe they don't value as high as Jonathan Kuminga. Kuminga's 19 years old, right? A, a young, um, super, uh, I mean, I was I was going to say super prospect, but um, mm-hmm. maybe he's not there just yet with, with how I've watched him this season. But uh, a kid with a lot of potential, uh, again, that Masai probably has done his due diligence on and was 
probably like, hey, we can probably turn this kid into OG Ananobi Light with mm. maybe a little more. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, this is another interesting little tidbit um, from the Western Conference that CJ Holmes tweeted just under an hour ago, 3.07 p.m., um, which is pretty cool to see. I'm going to ask um, Freddie really quick. I asked this to Oren just before he left us. Hmm. If this trade, let's say, did happen, this hypothetical trade where a Kuminga package comes to Toronto and OG Ananobi goes to the Warriors, do you have the Suns as the favorite in the West? The Warriors? Like, who are who is your favorite? Is it the Nuggets who are at the top right now? Who is your favorite in the West? I'll ask Nigel it right after Freddie's um, done answering. Yeah, this is probably uh, like an you know unsexy answer, but uh, I think the Nuggets and and the Grizzlies are my my two contenders. Grizzlies, yeah, in in the West. So you know, I think they're both really just you know, have an overwhelming amount of talent. And um, of course, you know, yeah, the Suns are going to make a push. Uh, we'll see what Dallas can do. Um, yeah, we'll I didn't even mention Dallas. Kyrie and Luca. I mean, yeah, it's like it's a pretty special backcourt. Like all the yeah. all like you know circus stuff aside, uh, there is, is some serious talent there. Um, yeah. So if if they make this trade, I mean, I'm so so high on on OG. I think he's a really really special player. Uh, you know, particularly like on defense, as we all know, and yeah, you know, would be a major major difference maker for the Warriors. So mm -hmm. I think he does help that you know put the Warriors kind of over the top. So I. I mean, the Warriors have been a, uh, it's been a weird year for them, but uh, Very. talk about patience. They're a really, really patient team. And I feel like if they can kind of get in there, they can, you know, manage their health and, and, and do some stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't do this trade uh, as a, you know, as a, Raptors fan. as a Raptors fan, because I mean, I just, I don't, I, I don't want to trade OG for OG light. You know, okay, I hear you. And and the thing is, though, I do really, really like Kaminga. So it's one of those I like, there's a lot of things going on there. Like anyone that goes to the G League, I'm or like G League Unite, I'm like all about it. Like I love that as a choice right away. Love Plus, it. as a player, he's fun. He's good. Scoot Henderson's gonna be in like four Rising Stars game, which is which is amazing Man. to see. I love the league. Scoot. He's gonna be in too. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm... Nigel, what did you think about this hypothetical trade, and and what did you think about kind of the the bigger picture for the Warriors in the West as well. So Jonathan Kaminga, if if OG's a enigma, Jonathan Kaminga is a big enigma to me. I, I don't know what he is. So he does has these moments of flashes brilliance out there. Mm -hmm. And then you don't see him for three or four games out there. You have no idea what he's about. So um, I don't have enough of an opinion to say, yes, I would do this deal, right? Um I like the idea of Kaminga very much. You know, great athlete has a lot. There's a lot of excitement about him, but beyond that, I don't know. I don't know enough to say yes or no for that. But um, yeah, people people forget really quick that um, the former Raptors assistant coach, former Raptors 905 head coach Jama Malalela, is currently with the Warriors uh -huh. in a developmental role. Yeah. Right. And and he's apparently, from what I'm hearing, very, very big on Jonathan Kuminga. Oh, yeah. So who knows? They might have contacted him and, and asked him, like, hey, what do you think about this? And he's like, mm -hmm. hell no. Like, mm -hmm. we're not we're not getting rid of this kid. Like, I love OG, but um, maybe the Warriors, I think, just value him too highly. What do you think about the overall um, outlook for the Warriors, I guess? Uh, now that I mean, no, you happen? know, after last year, I, I didn't have them in there winning. Uh, there's no way. But you got that 
I guess it's overrated at this point, but the DNA, right? That championship mm -hmm. DNA. Yeah. Um, when you've got players like Steph who, and they've been to that stage so many times, and I think that's got to be a factor anytime for any team that goes to the, the championship game, being overwhelmed by all of the stuff, the, you know, the press, all of the, the, the hullabaloo. They've been there. They've done it. They know how to win. So you can never take that away from them, right? But there's some exciting teams out there now. I love that KD Suns team now. Booker, uh, KD, and then you've got a nice little piece like CP to get the whole thing running. That's yeah. that's a very exciting team, right? Yeah, still... their, be their bench isn't too bad either. I mean, they oh, got Tory Craig, Shamit. Like, they've got some NBA players on their bench as well. Yeah, yeah Phoenix, really Phoenix like went all team. in. Yeah. yeah. That experience, they've that. got everything, right? They've got everything over there, right? And I, I do want okay, so as much as I don't like CP3 for so many different reasons, the idea of him winning finally, I think that's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah, I mean, he's this is this is, I think, it for him because, yeah. um, I, I could see KD, I mean, he's he's on contract, I could see them running it back next year if they don't, if they don't win at all, maybe retooling their bench or retooling the guys around those guys, uh, around the top three core guys, but, um. We'll see. I mean, CP3 gets another run at it. This is something that, I mean, he's had chances to do, and everyone kind of holds it against him that he's regarded as one of the, I would say, maybe top five, top six, seven point guards ever to play the game. Um, and and here we are. He gets another run. He had a, he had one with the Rockets. He had one with the Suns, a little run. Yeah. And yeah. now let's see what he can do again with the Suns um, and Kevin Durant. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm really excited. excited. Freddie, you don't seem so excited, buddy, about them. I'm pretty excited. I mean, I feel like you know, uh, it's 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 a a shitty answer, but with, with KD and, and and CP, I just I worry about health and a full playoff run. Uh, I do think though, you know, adding KD mm. to that team, they they're a little bit, you know, injury proof as mm. far as like if, yeah. if one of the, if one of those guys goes down, mm -hmm. they should have enough to get them to a certain place and. Yeah, you know, like I was saying, I think the the Nuggets and the and the Grizzlies are still my picks to come out of the West, but none of those teams are are scary to a point where if you're the if you're the Suns, you're you know you, like you can't take them, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, for sure, uh, and, and and you know, uh, there's a lot of recency bias. Like I feel like when when a team has such a disaster outing, like the way Phoenix lost, that's stuck in our brains. Mm -hmm. but you know, shit, shit happens. Sometimes a team totally gets like smacked and then they can recover. Like that, that, that bucks team that lost to the heat in the bubble, you know, what, what, what was the main swap there? Like Bledsoe for holiday. Like that's, that's a pretty big swap actually. But I mean like that, they, there's a lot of similar players on that team and they came back and they won the championship. So yeah. Hey, quick question for both of you guys quickly. Holiday or OG? Who would you rather have? Uh, Drew Holiday? Yeah. I I'm probably going to take Drew. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm also going to take Drew for this Raptors team. I just think we – yeah. Like, my the thing oh I'm most gosh. frustrated about this deadline is that we – I just wanted to get Fred some support of some yeah. kind. And yeah. We don't I think that's going to be enough having a, a big center there to help him defensively. He's not having a great on-off as far as defense goes, right? Uh, he's become yeah. more all of a sudden an offensive player, right? That's where you, he's kind of getting his getting his pluses from, right? Yeah. One thing I love about Drew Holiday is that 
I think now we're at the point of his career where he doesn't have the chops to give you 75 games or 80 games of just absolutely elite defense. Mm-hmm. May give it to you for 60, which is okay. Mm-hmm. But I think the most important part is when the games count in the playoffs, you yeah. really start to see like this guy's a lot different from the other guards in this league. Like he turns it up a level and you saw it on the Bucks playoff run where they went all the way to the finals and then beat the Suns. Uh, in the NBA Finals, like, I mean, Drew Holiday turns it up a notch. And that's one thing that I said. I said, you know, if Giannis can get a guard on this team that can turn it up a notch in the playoffs, they're going to win. I feel I felt like Chris Middleton could be that number number two guy. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I, I said this to, um, you know, Oren and Aiden earlier, guys. I'm so excited for this second half of the season, the NBA playoffs. We're going to wrap it up there. Um, Freddie, thank you so much for joining us. Nigel, you as well. Uh, it is 4.04 p.m. We said we would go to 4 o'clock p.m. So um, we are now working overtime for minutes. <laughs> uh, uh, we appreciate you all watching us um, tonight live. The podcast is going to come out very soon as well. That was it for myself, Sahal Abdi, Oren Weisfeld, who was here earlier, Aiden Moss, Kian Haddad, Nigel Nicholas, Freddie Rivas. We're, we appreciate all of you guys for joining us. Mete as well from Raptors Republic. Um, and whoever else joined Oren and Aiden when I wasn't here for the first hour, um, thank you so much to them as well. Um, this was fun. This was a lot of fun going through the trade deadline. The Raptors did trade for Jakob Pertle last night. No other trade was made by the Raptors um fortunately or unfortunately depending on what raptors fan you are thank you guys for joining us uh, again nigel and freddie thank you guys so much we thank will you. have you Appreciate on it. hopefully um later in the season on our live show if you guys could make it we would love that yeah um, we'll, we'll we'll be there for some tight wins because we have we? Freddy? who's Dude. we freddie don't, yeah. don't talk to me okay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely um it's it's difficult just don't join us after the losses because it just turns into <laughs> fair yeah, it's fair. not, it's, yeah, it's not fun clear. at all Thank you, guys. Um, If you're watching, thank you so much. Take care. Have a good one. Thanks for having me.